Hi, I'm Liz. And I'm Rhea. Welcome to Karma's My Bitch, a podcast about love, sex, connection, abundance, joy, purpose, peace, and how life isn't simply the stories we tell ourselves. So Liz, coming from a non-spiritual-ish person, well, I guess like a spiritual learner, <laughs> let's call let's Like call it yourself that. or My, like yeah. someone else? <laughs> so me, spiritual L plates. I've got spiritual L plates on. I've always heard a lot about kind of 2020, the age of Aquarius, you know, this new age. And I kind of always had like the, everyone was kind of always talking about like how 2020 was going to be like paradise. And I know we spoke a lot in Welcome to the Jungle. <laughs> Doesn't it seem like paradise? <laughs> I know, I'm in fucking heaven here. Um, I'm confused because if this is what it's meant to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I think that's what we should actually call it is what the fuck. <laughs> yeah. But we, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? We've entered the age of what the fuck is this? Yeah. And I, you know, we've entered the age of what the fuck. And honestly, that's kind of how it feels. And I'm just a bit confused because I kind of thought, you know, everyone kept saying 2020 is going to be the best. Oh, it's going to be my year. And all like, oh, what's 2019? We missed that. I miss when all my shit was flung in my face. I don't, by the way, on a personal level. I definitely don't. I don't and miss 2020. Yeah. So like 2020 for me has been kind of a little bit more chilled on a personal level, but on a collective level, it feels like the world is ending. Because <laughs> <laughs> it is ending. That's what this whole thing is. When we talk about a new age, or when people refer to the new age, we needed to leave the old age behind. 2019 was our wrap-up year. It was the whatever shit you didn't deal with, here it is, here it is. And we kept saying that, right? On a personal level. On a personal level. Deal with your old shit, deal with your old shit. But it was also creeping up globally too. But everybody was too bogged down by their own shit to really see it. My official answer is fifth dimensional oneness consciousness, which is what we've been talking about. It's the age of harmony. It's the age in which we can all exist within a space of compassion. You are you. I am me. We are both divine beings. And we give each other space to express our individuality. Yet we operate from a sense of collective oneness. But why does the world look like it's a shit show then? Because we have old shit that we're still working through. And it's going to take time. And it's going to take a few years. Because in order for something to really manifest in the physical realm, it has to be able to shift in the internal realms first. So the emotional body, the spiritual body first, of course, and the mental body all have to shift in order for the shift to actually happen in the physical realm. Okay. Because the physical realm is the densest energy that we're working with. And so it takes time for that shift to happen. So we do need a few years to get there. And right now, what we've also said is from... 2020 to 2024, we are building the foundation for this new age. And this new age is the age of harmony. Yes. I have to say on a personal level, from what we've been saying and from what I've learned, because obviously a personal journey is echoed in a collective journey. So when you think about my personal journey, it was drowning in fear, thinking the world was pain, thinking that everything was kind of out to get me and Mm -hmm. basically responding really defensively to life. Yeah. And then... The shit happened to me to force me to really look at my crap. And then I had to work through my crap to then free myself of it. And then you kind of come out on the other side with remnants of the crap, but actually in a different world, even though it's still a personal journey. And when I, what I've been watching, kind of seeing on the kind of global scale now, it kind of feels like we're doing the same thing where like, you know, up until now, really, we were kind of trapped in like a global crap storm of... <laughs> politics greed and shoulds woulds and 
you know, rules. Now with everything that happened, we're all having to confront our shit and work through it on a collective level yes. and with the hope that we come out the other side. And yeah, for me, it took a couple of years to do all of that. So it wouldn't be surprising that it would take even longer to do it on a collective level. Oh, completely. But so why didn't then people, not that this is a blame game at all, I'm just curious. Yeah. Like for me, as we just said, that makes total sense, right? Mm -hmm. And obviously, logically, it makes total sense. For something new to come, the old has to go. We're not just going to wake up one morning and everyone's really nice to each other and everyone feels great and everyone's dreams are realized. So why wouldn't any of the predictions or any of the understandings have included this period? Because they couldn't really understand that it's the youngest souls. Some of them who have yet to be incarnated are the ones who are going to really help build this new age. These youngest souls began to enter our world in 2016. Not a single one of them came prior to 2016. So I don't know if you've ever heard of indigo children. No. There was this whole thing. Lord. <laughs> okay. Well, and this is not an esoteric thing. This is actually, this kind of did enter mainstream. It's these group of souls that came through since after World War II. And it was really because the world almost imploded, right? Nearly destroyed itself. And it was like, all right, so... If we're going to have the possibility and the potential for a healed experience in existence, let's try something different. And so those souls who came through, you might see that a lot of them were hippies. Like, peace, love, we can do this another way, love rules, you know, et cetera, et cetera. I'm but so a secret hippie. <laughs> the issue with that was that it was too soon. And so they were first identified as indigos, if you will, by Nancy Ann Tappy, because she started to see, I think it was in the early 70s, she started to see a lot of young ones with that aura color, indigo. So she just started calling them indigos. And Nancy was amazing. She was, I mean, I met her. I mean, the woman was so gifted. How things operated could not really apply to an indigo. So they were the free thinkers, the ones who could never really stand in a straight line, that kind of thing, right? And it was always the, nope, you want to do it that way, I'm going to do it another way. <laughs> okay, and so that was I pretty am. much, yeah, that was really, I would say that's probably the most basic, but probably the most telling sign of an indigo, right? Just the nonconformist. But there are no more indigos coming in. They stopped coming in in the 90s. And so what you had post-indigo, just like with any kind of time or age shift, you never just kind of stop cold one thing and then start something new. So just as there were fewer indigos coming in, then you had, I think they were called rainbow children. They were just even more sensitive. Post-rainbow, supposedly, and I, please forgive me with all these terminologies or these words, because I honestly just think some of it is just, they're just more labels. Mm. So then somebody talked about the crystal children. Okay. So the crystal children are even higher vibration than the rainbow children. The souls that started to enter in 2016 are even a higher vibration than any other soul who has incarnated in this world in the past 2,000 years. So what people really couldn't understand because of, you know, it really is difficult to channel. Bringing information is not that easy. So I can understand why we'd only be able to be able to receive glimpses of what this time would really mean as opposed to the sort of really big picture. But really, I think the most important information we have now really has to do with these really young souls who are being born now. And the fact that what makes them so distinct and so essential for this time that we're entering 
is the fact that their souls carry the blueprint for this new age. Now, indigos also carried a kind of blueprint, but it's not the same blueprint. The indigo blueprint had to do with the end of 3D, if that makes sense. That's why indigos carried a particular kind of warrior vibration. They weren't going to rest until certain things were in place. So their blueprint was less about what our 5D world is going to look like and more what's it going to look like in order to get 3D to go. The souls who came in a few decades ago, you know, our role was just to lay the foundation for these younger souls to really build the new world. We weren't necessarily the ones to live in that new world. And that's, that's probably... That's, that's a bit of a shame. <laughs> Work so hard. But, but to be fair, we don't need to live in a new world on a collective level. We can live on a new world on a personal level. If you're just doing whatever you want and everything's exactly. kind of working out, mm-hmm. then who really cares what the world looks like, right? Exactly. You can coexist between the two. Yes. Oh, precisely. You can still have all the yumminess and the amazingness and all the rewards, if you will. I can't believe I just used that word, but that's what I'm getting. It's it's like you're just going to be able to have all the staples of 5D in your own life right now, and that's enough. When will that collective experience be the world, 50 years from now? Um, For it to really be in place, in place, as in there, were, there are absolutely no, there's no memory of 3D, there's no remnants of 3D, we have all gotten to a place of what these kids, these young souls, that blueprint that they're bringing in, it will take in our sense of time, because in a different sense of time, it takes no time, but in our limited human sense of time, it would take a couple hundred years. The most critical role sometimes is, is the demolition work. You know, we were discussing this yesterday. I am over learning from pain. I'm just over it. I know it existed. I just don't choose it for myself anymore. Right. But I, because I lived in it for so long, it's definitely something that, that I fear that echoes within me, right, mm-hmm. in some ways. And so I see the importance of our work so that kids don't have to have that fear, that scar that we carry, mm-hmm. having lived in both worlds yes. so strongly. Yes. It makes a lot of sense to me, actually. Mm-hmm. But I guess also that's why, like, what we do now has such implications for decades to come because we can only start on a personal level and really divest ourselves of our fear, divest ourselves of the shoulds and the rules and become free so that we can help others do the same and so that the kids that are coming in don't ever have to experience the pain that we experienced, don't ever have to know that it even existed. No. Because, you again, you can never shift from one vibration to another immediately. Mm. right? You always need a bridge. Otherwise, the dissonance that that jump would create would be too great. Mm. It all makes no sense in sense. It's a story, but it's one that explains the spiritual context for what we are going through. Which is the world is changing, as we can all see. And there is a generation of people who came in to show us what was wrong with the old generation. Mm -hmm. That same type of person came in, lived in it, and changed it, then made the space for the new people to create within this new world. Exactly. And that makes total sense, which means like right now, it just really means it's all about potential. Yes. Our generations that are dismantling these rules, you know, what is gender? What is marriage? What is dating? What is all these things? (laughs) We're just paving the way for someone else to create something new and individual. And, you know... I guess the more we embrace our potential, the more we try and 
grow into this freedom, the more freedom we can allow the younger ones to inherit from us. Completely, because the more we are able to embrace our individuality and our individual potential and power, the more we empower the younger generations to come into their own and to really be able to draw out what their specific gifts and talents are, because each and every one of them has something to contribute to our world. And this is the irony of it all, I think, is in order to come into collective consciousness, we have to enable their individual consciousness. Well, we, have to, we have to enable our own individual consciousness mm-hmm. so that we yeah. can teach them how to enable theirs. So it might be, as we've seen these new souls come through since 2016, that we will see a drop in births for a couple of years. Because in order for this new age to really take hold and take root within, there needs to be more in place before more of these souls can come through. And it's just not time. I'd be a banging mom for one of these. (laughs) They might be a little too needy for you. (laughs) Because they will be. They will be a bit clingy. And needy because they'll need the they'll they'll need that kind of vibration and connection partners and you know just need to make sure the other one is is a bit you know it's just warm and and (laughs) you're like i'll just find somebody to compensate for what i lack together together. (laughs) there is going to be a heightened sense of people really wanting to birth these new souls because there is going to be a sense of purposeness like for some reason i feel like i've got to have a kid Mm. I'm feeling this urge. And this follows from point one, which was about how these new souls coming through really needed, they're sort of the experimental ones, like can the world really support this type of vibration and this type of soul? So what we're going to see over the next few years, especially, and this is why we have always seen any institution that has to do with children, usually the ones, those are the ones that come into crisis first, because our children are the most vulnerable. What we're going to see really in the next few years is anything having to do with our children is really going to, all those issues will definitely come to the fore. We're going to be forced to confront what education means. We're going to be forced to confront the safety of our children. Anything that will impact our children is really going to be paramount and on people's minds. And so when we talk about sowing the seeds of love, it really means how can we best support our children now and the ones to come? Because they're the ones who will be ushering in this new world. For us to really help build those foundations for how we can best serve them on a larger scale. Thank you for listening. For more information, articles, and inspiration, find us at karmasmybitch.com and at karmasmybitch.insta. And if you liked what you heard, please subscribe and leave us a review.